too much time, not enough better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, again, we have Calvin. Hello. And James. Hello. Can't keep a mic alive to save his life. I can't, thank God. Or to uh, save the mic's life. Or, or to, to save, save the, the mic's life. life. Jinx. Yeah. Oh, me a soda. Oh, well. Oh, if only. Uh, our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. You are given the honor of naming the very first city on Mars. What do you name it? Mars City One. <laughs> um, Efficient. I would call it. Uh, that's a good question. But um, then you have to name the second city Mars City Beta. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, uh... the third one, Mars City Part C. Or Mars City uh, Sig- I was going to say Charlie. Oh. <laughs> oh, Charlie. You got you to gotta change, like, whatever those, like, alphabet things are. Like, start, uh, like, just different order, but continue the right place it would be. But it's yeah. going to be a different, like, convention each time. See, the difficult one, though, is that Beta and Charlie are both part of the official policeman alphabet. Whereas Beta is also Greek alphabet. No, no, uh, NATO. I was going NATO. Oh. Uh. Phonetic alphabet, and it go. It's Alpha Bravo, Charlie. Oh, it is Bravo. I'm wrong. Thank you for correcting me. You're uh, honestly, I don't know where to go beyond that, though. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any more. <laughs> so that's why I stop. Uh, I, I either do the really pretentious thing of naming it after, like my family, because mm-hmm. my family has a tendency to name things after themselves. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. Um fun fun quick fact, the first time I played No Man's Sky, I named the first like the literally the first time I played No Man's Sky way back in twenty sixteen, the first planet I was on, I named after my like great 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 grandfather. And in just after I hit accept which to note, all the planet names in No Man's Sky once you enter them into the database are permanent. Just after I hit accept, I think it was John went, did you spell that right? And I'd missed an L. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So I started a new game. (laughs) Unfortunate. Um, So yeah, I'd either name it after the family, or I'd probably name it something really dumb, like, uh, uh, Red Rock, or... Space Blaster. Valhalla. Yeah, Val- I would just Asgard. Just Asgard. <laughs> it's the Valhalla uh, to Asgard. Asgard. You gotta oh, make truly. them real. Yeah. It would be so Mars would be Valhalla to Asgardia's Asgard. And then we would also have Yggdrasil would be the sat first satellite of Asgard. Mm-hmm. Or would be like their shuttle service to connect the various like realms a space together. elevator. Oh, yeah, there we like go. Egypt still has to be the name of a space elevator. Yes. James, what do you got? I don't think... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we've heard James's yet. I've been trying to think. I don't know. You're the know. writer. Um, what's, the name know of the, what's the name of the city in uh, Total Recall? Or do they just oh. call it... The city. Oh. Oh. I, I don't know if there is a city. They it. might just say Mars. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I have a bunch of, like, dumb writer ideas, but I don't have any, uh... No, we, we like... do name it Mars. It is the city of Mars, capital I... of the state of Mars, and the nation of Mars on the planet Mars. We'll just pull... You could call... Yeah, you could ca- literally call it, like, oh, Aries. You could call it something. Like, something thing. That... Yeah, it, better than Mars Same. City 1. <laughs> Mars City 1 is great. Mars City Mars... 1 is good. Mars City One sounds like that's like the beta name that you'd have before you no, put it. No, no, City Beta. Oh, you know what we do is uh, we just get the Latin filler text you see on websites. Loris and Ipsum? Laura Ipsum. Yeah, Laura Ipsum to be filled in later. 
Okay, definitely no. one of the cities has to be called Lorem Ipsum. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Because that would just confuse any everybody and everyone who was trying to, like, write about that city. And if they were <laughs> editing a book, they would just wouldn't be able to tell if it's just placeholder text for formatting or if they're actually talking about the city. No, that'd be like, uh, it'd be like, uh, the whole premise would be, um, it's like Mars is like Las Vegas, like Lorem Ipsum, like a place where anything can happen. Okay. You write your own story. That would I'm be dope. Take this one step further. Ooh, now I've gotten philosophical with it. I know that would be, that'd be good. Take this I one like step that. further. Lorem Ipsum is the first city on Mars, but every subsequent city and associated like space station and everything has to be a part of that same long form text. Because Lorm Ipsum is the oh, beginning shit. words to a long, like speech or something. That uh, is but like I've tr I've looked into it. I don't think it actually translates to anything. It the, and the text can vary. I'm not positive. I could yeah. be mistaken here. Oh, but I, 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 my understanding was that it it's just bits and pieces of random stuff. There could be a standard though. My understanding was originally it was like that, and it kind of got chopped and screwed in between when mm. it did start getting used for gotcha. formatting. So like it started off as this, now it became and then became the formatting. Um, that makes sense. Which is why like some of it's recognizable, but other parts of it's complete gibberish. Um, okay. But it was also in ancient Greek, so it's not like <laughs> we're gonna look at it and go, oh, English. But you do that yeah. so that yes. when they <laughs> list out everything on the planet, it looks like it's filler text. That's great. See, this is why we need to be in charge. Yep. Yeah, exactly. We definitely yes. won't ruin the bureaucratic machine that keeps society stable. It's already ruined. Let's be honest. Anything we do would only be an improvement. Fair. Because it either hastens the end or we actually manage to stumble into a fix. Yeah, and maybe. either of those options are probably for the best. What, you don't want to just tread water in this middle ground we've got right now? Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> truly the middle children of history but that's fine we'll uh we'll set some wrong. good stuff up for the people who follow that's we're the whole too late idea for pirates and cowboys and we're too early for space pirates and space cowboys i know it's the most <laughs> it's the most depressing thing ever it's but that means that whatever we do and how we act is probably going to shape and form like significantly more so than most people I don't know. Uh, no, the, no. The next proceeding. I don't era. think so. But like, you for real though. Let's stop and think for a moment. We, there are the cowboys, gangsters, uh, like the Roman centurions. Like we were talking about last week. Like each era had its like thing. What is the thing of this era? CIA agents. No, that's who it is. C the CIA. Like no, no. That's Cold War get... though. See, yeah. that's Cold no, War. That's, that's not. That's like still nope. uh, modern era. That's eh, that's no. closer to us than cowboys or samurai. You're right. It's closer, but it's we've already missed it. I see the thing. The hard part is these eras are getting shorter and shorter and narrower and narrower. So I yeah. would say whatever era that we can belong in is either about to end or about to start. And it, we, we only got like five years to commit and make would, that mark otherwise it it's going to already move past us do we make it like motors like bring back the cowboy-esque thing but just make it like nomads on motorcycles like just becomes a no see trend? i'd still say that was like the 60s and like yeah i would say for now us, you're getting near like beatnik stuff but the problem the problem is too is that like we probably do there is some prototypical hero oh, is like it the form. hacker like a it's not the Ooh, hacker the hacker's 90s uh, hacker is yeah and it's too like like i think i don't know maybe it, maybe it's it could be in some way yeah i feel like uh the that proto hero form has to be like at least appeal to the public as like a hero of the people and i don't see hackers uh, eh. ever really doing that i mean i guess um, WikiLeaks. In some ways yeah. No, yeah i don't know WikiLeaks, but in some ways the idea of the hacker fighting against the oppressive government for like stuff like that there is that kind of archetype out there oh that's fair i mean is it just uh is it just the college student 
or just no. the student in general today? No. Like, it might be. I think it is. And, uh, I, he might be on. I, I don't know if they have to be heroes, though, because they're yeah. not necessarily heroes of their time. It's later they're romanticized to be ones. I, because yeah. cowboys were just a bunch of dudes out working outside in the ranch. And, like, well, they weren't out there with guns shooting everybody every other second and, like, getting into these crazy adventures and all this stuff. It was just... That'd be like saying, uh, like, I don't know, like an electrician is out having amazing adventures and doing <laughs> okay. crazy stuff. And it's you like, nah, it's clearly like, don't know anything about the trades. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why they need people. They're dropping like flies, these, these desperados <laughs> um, hindering the work of good electricians. You make yeah. a really good point, Calvin, but I don't see the college student getting romanticized in that same way unless, like, yeah. All of higher ed yeah, gets canceled by an oppressive government. Like, <laughs> I you don't I know. There's still it, time. Fair. I see it l less as a specific, um, like type and more of a, a general kind of like what we're talking about with like because if you think about the true golden age of American college was arguably after World War, like post World War Two. War boom. To, I would make. What'd you say? Oh the yeah, like the war boom to. Honestly, I would say December 2019, right before COVID-19. <laughs> no. I would, I would, I would That's make... Too far. That's too long. I don't know. I, I I'd shorten it back the to the 60s. 60s, no. 70s. Yeah. Hit the oh. years, everyone oh, on okay. campus. Like, yeah. All right. Because no, after I that point, that... you start getting the 80s, 90s, where it was just kind of, it was, it went from people, like a large amount of people went to college because they had the chance and were able mm -hmm. to. It transitioned from that to becoming more of just an expected thing yeah yeah i i just i can't shake the feeling that like the because like each uh like what we're talking about like the these symbols or emblems of different eras became such because that type of person or that type, it obviously was romanticized but for instance like the cowboys obviously endemic of like america's the idea of the limitless potential of this boundless west and also all the like goods and the evils that it like brought with it and i'd argue in a time where we have nothing to explore uh not space not really the ocean not our own countries the only things we have to explore get ready real pretentious college shit coming in mm -hmm. the only things we have left to explore really are our minds and the way that we think about things then like then you see the emergence of like true scholars that's and those are the types that get like venerated but i mm -hmm. think you're also right where it's like it's really hard to pin down like what that yeah. would look like or how it would even be seen I think the part of the struggle there is if it, it, we almost have too much of it, like compare that to the enlightenment when it was yeah. another age of due to technological boom and shifting society, there was more time for study and artistic pursuits and liter literary pursuits and debate and intellectualism. But there even though there was more of it, it was still a very limited group of people that had access to it, relatively speaking, mm -hmm. which yeah. made it more likely that somebody would rise to the top. I, I feel, I think that because there's so much more of more people in that group now, we're going to struggle to see anybody rise above. I would, to get slightly political with it, I'd posit almost in a similar mm. way to the the situation of the Black Lives Matter movement, where, yeah, they purposefully are leaderful, whereas in, like, there's no one or person or, like, three people you can point to and say they lead Black Lives Matter. But yeah. by that same token, you also then have this group of people who, okay, but who's worth <clears throat> noting in this group? And in a similar way, when we're looking at a new group of intellectuals, because we have the time... And that's what we're trying to... That's what people are kind of moving towards is intellectualism and art, art, artistry. But there's so many more people because it's so much more accessible. Accessible. Who do we look... Like, who's going to come out of that bunch and be noticeable when there's so much of that? <clears throat> that's actually really interesting. Crap. I think that's a really good, really good point. Um, I figured it out. That... Yeah. What? It's the YouTuber. <laughs> it's the no, influencer. He got it. No, he's got it. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, I, but, but I would say the YouTuber, we've already missed that mark because the YouTuber is from yeah. 06 when YouTube like founded to probably 2016. I'd I, say give it a good yeah. decade or a good 10 years there. And like it by no means is our YouTubers not a thing anymore, but it's way more corporatized and less of this yeah. kind of like individual um, just popping up and like, I don't know. It's, it's inner. No, it's, I, I, I think it's internet kids. Yeah. I think it's anybody who grew up using the internet because like it or not, we, we talked, we talked about this even in high school. Like we were lucky to catch the, the, the kind of the beginning and also the meat of like the golden era of the internet. Like we weren't young enough or old enough to like experience, you know, the mid to late nineties, like chat rooms and the really independent probably like sites that got prob honestly, probably, <laughs> but <laughs> We were around when uh, enough people were on where they were able to collaborate in some way and make something either with each other or on their own, but it was still small enough where it was a hobbyist and there was still an element of like charm and kind of independent thought and movement in there. And yeah. I, I just think like, I think that's it. I, I honestly think RJ like segueing from that, I would argue that that would be it. The, the people like of the internet that sounds really like the we people of the internet <laughs> well and that would fit in really well with your point calvin that Poise. because these time periods have been getting shorter we have just finished that when we're moving we're kind of like moving into the next thing of what's next mm -hmm. which i'm my TikTok. initial thought there is instagram <laughs> oh, influencer God, no. or tiktok influencers but we'll see what shakes out in the next five years i'd i'd group them together as the idea of the influencer because yeah. i would say influencer is definitely unique from the uh youtuber like they're similar and they youtuber can easily transition into a influencer but i'm the quintessential like youtuber image that i'm thinking of at least i would not associate as an influencer no i always associate youtuber with like the era that it, it like right almost right before predates the influencer like that's how i think of it because like i think of a youtuber still as like ideally some kid some guy or girl in their room who are like putting together videos or going out in the street and, like filming things that they like or stuff like that and then you know they manage to become successful off that i think of the influencer as a true the first like social media civilian employee like they're going out and their whole goal is like, yeah, they produce good content, but the goal is to amass an audience yeah, um, and to essentially like expand the reach of a, of a market or two. So that's, I, I have a re way more like cynical take on influencers, admittedly, it's um, also but that's because I see, I see them as more, they're more like, they're more like business people than they are like creatives. Like they're more in it just, which is fine. Like, yeah. why not? You know, if you make money, I, make money. And I'd say that's what one of the main distinguishing factors to me and the difference between a YouTuber and an influencer is yeah. theoretically the YouTuber is the creative, whereas the influencer is the business person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, obviously there's uh, there's that's not a hard, fast rule and there's overlap between both and mixing. But yeah, man, that was so how's that for a tangent? Yeah, yeah there I, you I go. <laughs> I really liked that conversation. I enjoyed having it. I don't care if anybody enjoys cool. listening to it. I liked having it. That's cool. Good job, everybody. Drinks all around. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's pat ourselves on the back and uh, try and do the same thing in this next segment. Oh uh, yeah. Better buddies recommend where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Uh, uh I actually might have one spawning off of what we just did. Oh, by all means, Weird. then. So it's not so much a media, but it's still my recommendation. So, um, kind of split into two. Um, I would say first, first thing I'm going to recommend is, um, this weekend I went out, um, with a friend and we went to, uh, some bars and just hung out and I splurged and got some awesome Japanese whiskey. So that's kind of part of my recommendation. Mm -hmm. If you are of age and responsibly, uh <laughs> that is my recommendation um yeah yamazaki japanese whiskey is what well, yamazaki single malt it's like basically a, a japanese scotch it's nice. amazing um but pairing with that i would say because um typically in our group it wasn't always the case 
and this is gonna make us sound like alcoholics it often happened when we were drinking um especially you and i james when we were living together is that uh we would have um deep like kind of conversations like quote-unquote deep like we just did yeah um yeah and i think that's my recommendation is just have those conversations with your friends about in-depth deep philosophical arguments about nonsense about like <laughs> what defines yeah. a youtuber or like what what the current heroes are like it in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter it's like whatever it doesn't mean anything and like we've had some pretty ridiculous in-depth conversations i can't really think of any other good ones right at the moment but uh aesthetic you you guys yeah there's there's stuff like that um so yeah i would my recommendation is get a friend or make a new friend um yeah, I have drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Get some tea. Just drink some nice tea. Uh, and just chill on a balcony, on a couch, wherever you got that you can just relax, put on some very soft so it doesn't distract you music, uh, and just chill and talk. James and I had set music that we would listen to. It was like a cyberpunk hour-long nice. video on uh, uh, youtube that we would always it would be like, all right time to fire up the video and just talk about <laughs> ridiculous things <laughs> oh it, it puts me in like it's so good it puts me in like a fugue state anytime i hear that uh <laughs> that music again because we just we would like yeah we would like it would be like a weekly thing um yeah. like yeah oh that's a killer recommendation that's great and it helps you build your uh uh critical thinking and debate skills it does it honestly does and the nice thing is is that there's like no stakes and everything is up for grabs so it's like can't really go wrong, wrong in a conversation like that <laughs> <laughs> dare dare to be stupid nice yeah really great recommendation oh, yeah. james beat it yeah uh, I if you have can't, one you're off the show. that I've been working on. I don't know if this is going to beat it, but I do know. I don't know how much of a conversation this is going to spark. But I powered through. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, esteemed '90s filmmaker and renowned foot fetishist Quentin Tarantino has a new book out. Oh, um, really? I haven't heard that. He has uh he wrote a book for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Uh, and it is I'm I don't want to spoil it. Like I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna try and yeah. give like an honest but still like a mediated Be- review. Before you do um, for I me wanna know one thing. Yes. Is it like a book that is the same story as the movie, or is it a book yeah. about making the movie? Okay, so here's the thing: is that it, it's essentially the same story as the movie. It 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 okay. is written like a screenplay, um, okay. but that does not mean it has it doesn't have screenplay format. It it's just okay. written in the in the present tense uh, for the most part. So, I really think honestly, what this was is that he because he always writes like two to three hundred page scripts, and you can't film a two hundred or three hundred page script. So, I think what he did was he took. <laughs> a lot of the scenes and parts of the script that didn't get in the final cut or the theatrical cut of the movie. And he like basically assembled it in the version of the script that he had in his head and just like wrote a book essentially. Um, and because of that, uh, it's one of the best and one of the worst books I've ever read. Oof. Like <laughs> this book, mm-hmm. I, there, I love parts of it. Um, I love some parts of it. It's great. And then there are other parts that like I personally resent. Um, but I don't know. It's Here's it's interesting. It kind of, yes. How much of that is overlap with what showed up in the movie, the parts you rep- re- you resent? Um actually it it overlaps in the sense that there are some different takes on the exact same scenes uh where I'm like I'm really glad that that did not make it into the theatrical cut of the movie. Because uh, okay. it, for me, would have, like, ruined the film. Um, and the one thing I will say is, like, and I do have to keep this in mind. So some of my, like, obviously some of my opinions sort of come from the fact that I, you know, I have a lot of opinions on the movie itself and the way that I think about it, which is nobody's problem but my own. Um, I don't think you can the call interesting many opinions, thing is like you just holding up a giant sign that says good. Basic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, good. <laughs> good. 
But basically, like with the book, um, he writes it and it's pretty clear. Uh, it is a lot dirtier than oh. the movie. It is clearly supposed to be read almost like a dime store um, pulp novel rather than like, you mean like a, a kind of pulp fiction. You could put that, RJ, if you really wanted to. You you get you got that out of your system. You got that. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I I had a feeling. No, but yeah, I mean, like, it's really hard to describe. And if I could go into certain scenes, I really, really would. Um, I I just like I would suggest that you guys read it because the one one of the things I really do like about it is that I do feel like it's written pretty easily. Like I was able to power through this thing a couple days, and it's about. 300 almost 400 pages and it's oh, a pretty cool. small book um you can get it for pretty cheap on amazon it was like 750 maybe Not nine bad. bucks um it's it's pretty small and portable but nice but um i wanted to because i'm working on a couple other books right now that i'm looking back uh i'm looking forward to getting back to for sure um but i would suggest reading this one because i do think like whether I like it or not, the way that this book is written is probably going to change in some way or influence or affect the way that other books are written for a while. Um, because I'm, I'm guessing he's going to have like a lot of imitators. Mm. So you'll probably see more of those showing up. But yeah, I would suggest the book Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's um, it's enjoyable. It's lean. It's fun. There's some parts where, like, especially if you've seen the movie, um, you're at at the very least gonna have something to say about it. So hmm. that's what I would suggest. I did really enjoy that film. It's I I've gone on so much about it I can't go on anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> James, I, I, yeah, I'm I a little it. I'm a little skewed because I had you like filling me in on all the like Hollywood like lore that is being yeah. kind of glossed over, and I do think you don't need it but it greatly heightens your enjoyment if you have someone who knows all that information yeah uh as someone who didn't have james sitting over his shoulder whispering in his ear while i watched it even <laughs> just being friends with like james and eli uh by uh james and eli former guest on the show eli um what they knew of film and what i'd learned from them i was able to be like oh i kind of I don't understand everything, but I understand enough that this makes a little bit of sense. Well, and okay, so that is the nice thing with the book is like Tarantino will go on like like two or three page tangents about real people <laughs> and real things in like Hollywood history and lore, and he'll oh, do funny. it to set up like one sentence, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, see, and then, I now yeah. I definitely have to read this because that that just is interesting on its own to me. Yeah, it, it explains a lot, which is really nice, because, like, that's the thing about the movie is, like, I don't really know a whole lot of, like, intimate, specific Hollywood lore. I just know, like, the general broad stroke. So when I was, like, reading this book, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's pretty interesting. And Tarantino is, like, like foaming at the mouth for all the stuff. He's been <laughs> he's been watching it since he was a kid in, like, the, you know, mid-60s. And it's just yeah. cool to see him do what he does. But, yeah. Well, uh, James, that recommendation wasn't better than Calvin's, but it was enough to keep it you on the show. Ah, thank God. Okay. Um, <sighs> my recommendation this week, there's been a lot of Marvel happening recently. Uh, Loki has mm. one episode left before its season ends. It's the last episode of the season. Uh, and last week, they gave us Alligator Loki, who was taking the internet by a storm. Black Widow came out this past weekend. Saw that. And coming up in August is the What If series, which I could go on oh, and on. Yeah. Um, that so seems interesting. I'm going to recommend the documentary For the Love of Spock. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, last, uh, what was it? I think it was like Friday or Saturday or something. I, uh, I don't know, maybe it was Thursday, whatever. I watched the 2009 Star Trek by J.J. Abrams. I think I did the same thing. Nice. God yeah. damn. Like the same day. Uh, it's on Netflix again. <laughs> yeah, that's why I watched it. I needed something to watch while I ate dinner. And I put it yeah, on because I was like, you know what? Why not? Whatever. It's something to watch. And I'll be honest, for that, it was something to watch. Uh, it, it, 
real middle of the road for me. We got, I, like, I, like paused the movie to go get, like, some more drink. And I was like, oh, we're halfway through already. Oh, no. Because um, it felt like we had just gotten introduced to the characters. Like, they just finished okay. introducing everybody. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it, it was still pretty good. But then afterwards, I needed something else to watch. I was like, oh, there's this Spock documentary. That seems interesting. And it was. And I didn't... It, it was very insightful because it was made by Leonard Nimoy's son. And it was very insightful into his home life and his struggles with alcohol. And uh, not even that, but like even when he first played Spock in the original... To like in the original run, um, apparently he struggled with turning off the the role. Um, so he'd be at studio for twelve hour longer days, would come home and run lines. But even like on the weekends, if he was home, he was still very closed off and uh, controlled emotionally because he just struggled with being in the part. Yeah. Uh, which impacted his family a bit. And then, uh, even after, like, the initial series closed down, uh, it was just really interesting to me that he took every single appearance available to him as they came in because he had seen so many other actors and actresses, like, go down the road of... I'm on a TV show, I've got it made, I'm good, and the show gets cancelled and everything falls out from under you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, especially with TV show actors. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know, it was... It, it, one of the other things that was very touching about it was him and his son had some serious issues, like, between each other, of, like, understanding each other and connecting with each other. And it, it made me a little emotional because... At one point, his son is, like, reading a letter that his dad wrote for him when they were having these disconnect issues of, like, hey, like, here's who raised, here's, like, Spock, or not Spock, Leonard Nimoy was writing about his own father, and, like, here's the guy who, here's what the guy who raised me was like, and he did his best, but we were different people. I know you're a different person than I am, and, um... It was very touching for me because when my dad was on the road very early on, he wrote me not a, not the same letter, but he did write me a letter just kind of being encouraging and trying to say, like, it's okay. So it was, it was very touching for me, at least on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. I think, no, I mean, I think uh, people forget get like um and maybe we don't forget so much anymore but uh even with all the media that we have that covers like behind the scenes like the lies the lives of these like people like sometimes it really does take that right framing of a certain person's kind of um career and who they are to really kind of like get it to click uh sometimes that like yeah, these these people like they do play like really famous characters, and you know there's action figures of them, and there's all these like spinoffs and ideas, and people are going to be like talking about essentially about that performance, even though like you know Leonard Nimoy's performance it amounts to nothing really more in the grand scheme of things than like an autistic elf man <laughs> on a on a cheap like '60s science fiction television show. Clearly, he hit something there where he like it's really important to a lot of people and probably because he did some good work and I feel like to see um, well, like how he probably struggled or yeah. like what that was like for him, you know, like, is that kind of what it, oh, is very that kind much of so. what it That's discusses what a it little was. bit? And it, originally yeah. in early in the documentary, they're like, Oh, this was originally going to be a documentary about Spock, the character. But then oh, with his, and he talked morphed. to his, yeah, it just huh. evolved because his father passed and they were like, why don't we make this about the man himself? Um, That's cool. Two of the things cool. that were surprising was after Star Trek, he actually had a, he did a couple other TV shows. He was in 
um, Mission Mission Impossible or something. But um, no, the TV show, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, no way. Yeah, he was in the TV show, but he wound up quitting because uh, he his character was supposed to be a master of disguise. So he went into it like, oh, I'm gonna get to play so many different roles and really stretch my legs. And it wound up being like the same three or four characters that he would pretend <laughs> to be. And he was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Um, yeah. But after a couple of like TV show things kind of like that, he wound up doing, he was a stage actor. And did, had a pretty, like, he had a decade-long long stint as a stage actor that was very successful. Um, The other thing that was really funny was apparently the first Star Trek pilot, Kirk was not the captain. That I didn't know this until I watched the documentary. Kirk was the captain when they rebooted with a second pilot. In the first pilot, it was Captain Pike, which is referenced in the 2009 oh. Star Trek. Oh, gotcha. that makes yeah. sense. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay. Because um, in the 2009 Star Trek, Pike is the captain of the Enterprise and he gets captured and Kirk takes over. In the original pilot, Pike was the captain, but a problem kind of arose because, uh, as. Letter Nimoy put it to William Shatner, both Nimoy and the Pike actor were trying to play nothing. And mm. it was like this actor joke that Nimoy told Shatner of like, one actor, two actors are about to do a scene, one turns the other and says, I'm gonna play nothing, what, what are you, I'm gonna play nothing, like play nothing, what are you gonna play? And the other actor says, you can't play nothing, I'm gonna play nothing. The t <laughs> Pike and Spock were both so like, interior controlled people that there was no chemistry between them. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so at least for that okay. pilot, uh, Nimoy tried to make Spock a little bit more outward because mm -hmm. Pike wasn't. And the mm -hmm. producers hated it. Paramount was going to like, or Paramount NBC, whoever, whatever TV station was going to do them was going to scrap the show. Wanted to reboot everything replace all of the cast and actors. Oh, wow. Like, Nimoy almost didn't come back. It was, um, who, who Gene Roddenberry said, no, I want him. Mm. We're keeping him. <laughs> Screw you, Pike. You're out. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> like, uh, told the producers and, like, the studio, whatever, like, we're keeping this actor. I'm, I want him. I'm keeping him. Everybody else this can go. This one is mine. But we're keeping this one. <laughs> and then... When they brought in William Shatner, Shatner was such an overactor, and like yeah. was known for his overacting that they be they just had this yin yang thing going on between him and Nimoy. Yeah. So yeah, for the love of Spock, documentary available on Netflix. Go check it out. Watch that. I'm not a big documentary guy, but that does sound interesting. I'm not either, but uh, it, I definitely I think this one at least had enough between the element of storytelling with telling his life and the various like people they talked to like the two components were interesting enough that once they were put together i was like yeah this is a documentary i'm enjoying so yeah our next Ugh. we went on a couple of uh, long tangents and stories there <laughs> yeah it was yeah. good though no good we can answer a couple of, a couple of advice questions right near the end. Yes, we can. In our, advice, uh, watch Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do. How to be a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice, our first and only piece of real advice for the rest of the episode, go watch Star Trek. There you go. Done. Star Trek. There we go. Game over. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. No. There's <laughs> only one sci-fi reference allowed. <laughs> there could That's be only fair. one. We're, we're reaching our quota. <laughs> our first question uh what are some of the best male friendships depicted in fiction with the further details interested to hear what are the best male friendships based God on positive qualities like respect to genuine care etc rather than toxic masculine traits like constant banter and one-upmanship which yeah kirk and spock uh i mean there's there's constant banter and a bit of one-upmanship but i think in the more healthy way yeah. than what the question is referring to definitely um one i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one out there uh from the comics wolverine and nightcrawler uh wolverine okay. being wolverine beer swilling canadian who murders people nightcrawler is a fuzzy blue uh demon looking mutant who is a devout catholic and generally a huh honest trusting person but they have a very uh 
they they are friends specifically because of the like uh, difference between them, where Wolverine sees that Nightcrawler Kurt Wagner is a good person and like appreciates that about him, and Nightcrawler sees that even though Wolverine is a murderer and a lethal weapon and can do horrible things, that he's also done very good things and has good in him. And he so has the capacity for good. Exactly. And so they have ever since Giant Size X-Men number 1, which was the first instance of both of them on the uh X-Men. Uh they've kind of they've gotten along very well because of just being good dudes. I I'm torn between two answers, but <laughs> which I think um on the on the pain of being redundant, I'm just gonna. This will be my little mini answer. I'm gonna say, uh, obviously, this is what I'm gonna say. Um, so say it. I, <laughs> Cliff, Booth, Cliff Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you want to yeah. see like oh, what's your... a good supportive like guy relationship, go watch that movie. You know it's what? Yeah. So sweet. I think that's also a great one because it also demonstrates how you can be two good friends when your lives are not equal. Yes. The cool thing is that they're both so, uh, it, this sounds like basic to say, but going off what Calvin said, because he's absolutely right. They're, they live such different lives and they're such different people. And you'd think that these these two types of guys would like resent each other, but they're just super supportive and they're always there for each other. And I don't know. It's, it's a great like male relationship. Yeah. Um, I was waiting throughout that entire film for something for like their lives to like become a wedge that drew them, drove them yeah. apart and I was dreading it. And then, well, I guess kind of spoilers, but like, yeah, it's it. Yeah. Yeah. It works out. It works out. So I was one? also going to say, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> the trio from Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy, Carl, <laughs> and Sheen, because to me that's like almost you find those archetypes in like almost every guy and every guy relationship, like the nerd, the hypochondriac, and the schizo. Like those are like okay. Now three, we have a very like, serious base. question here because you've brought this up. Thanks, James. Which yeah. are us? We have three oh. dudes right here who are all friends. Which ones are we? <sighs> Oh, yeah, that's James. a great question. You I think to, I'd, you have to... I'd have to be Sheen, right? Like, I'd I don't want to be the hypochondriac. Yeah. yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't see RJ as the hypochondriac. Which means I I'm Jimmy see... then. Which means you're Jimmy. Yes, you could. I could see you as Jimmy, but I'm not the hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, some bad news for you, Calvin. <laughs> Yeah, we're 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 not exactly uh as uh unfortunately we're not as well developed as Nickelodeon cartoon characters, so we're probably all gonna <laughs> share these um we're gonna there's gonna be some overlap, but I, I see what you guys are saying. I don't know. I You're like, the one who brought it up. I think the difference fault. there is that's a it is a kid relationship. Yeah. So oh yeah, that's fair. Okay. It hasn't fully matured. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I just like I, I liked always like because, I don't know, like, you, you Actually, meet kids like that when, yeah. If we go back to our kid selves, even, like, when we first met in sixth grade, I would be, uh, yeah. I would be Carl. The hypochondriac? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, will, I'm a man enough and developed enough and mature <laughs> enough to admit I would have been Carl. Never hey, Carl. argue with the data. Carl gets, uh, Carl gets... Probably it's what James <laughs> doesn't don't don't they have an episode? They've got to have some episode where they go to the future and Carl's like getting some right. Like, uh, I mean, with a llama, uh, I think. If I remember, <laughs> they do go to the future. Jimmy is an idiot, and uh, Sheen is like a freedom That's fighter. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, but Carl in one of episode is like uh he's like the dalai lama like literally. yeah literally like, with like emphasis on <laughs> llama <laughs> yeah there you go you're uh d you're the one that china's been looking for rj i Shh, hope don't not. tell him <laughs> it's a secret um, <laughs> so there's some examples you in your sleep there's some examples yeah our next question uh this is an important one what is a set in the context of a gym that's uh, easy. Then answer it. Um, do you know RJ? 
I assume you would know. I think I know, but I don't right, want to I assume. Want, I know James knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious what your response is first, and then James can go. <laughs> it sounds like we're all avoiding it. No, I'm no, just curious I, I, as I to which of us know because James of us of the four of the four of us, the three of us, James is the guy that works out the most. So then, a set in a gym. And then you and I, I'd say, are about the same. Uh, oh, I forgot to add the further details of this question. Uh, I was using this machine, and this guy asked me how many more sets I had left. I had no idea what it meant, so I just told him a random number. Don't do that because a set. I could either be super impressed or like, oh. so a set is the not the number of reps per se but the number of times you do those reps so if you do 10 reps a set would be doing 10 reps three times right uh i thought it was if you do 10 reps that's a set and then you do three sets of 10 that would be it okay that's the one but I think technically... Basically the same thing, just... There are some sets that I heard about in both high school and college called supersets, which I'm pretty sure is combining, like, multiple sets of reps into one. Where you would do, like... Yeah. You do them, like, rapid fire, almost. It's meant more for, like, sudden, like, endurance or, like, resistance or strength training or something. Um, I just named, like, three different types of exercise. But I'm not, like, exactly the most, like, uh, knowledgeable (laughs) guy. I'm a pretty casual gym goer when it like when it uh, when I have to be stacked up against other people. But yeah, technically, technically you're both right. Um, but it is it is <laughs> uh, set is <laughs> um actually uh no, but uh it is like a set usually is just as I understand standardly defined as a series of repetitions in one. Set. There you go. And don't give a go. random number because then you're gonna make somebody mad. <laughs> if you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I got a, I got a hundred sets left, they're gonna be annoyed because <laughs> well, you're walking a gym machine. Even if you were like, well, actually, bro, I got like a hundred reps left. It's like, really, really, <laughs> you have a hundred reps left uh, on one machine. But yeah. Our next question. How the hell do I learn how to take care of a house? With the further details, my wife and I just did something we never thought we'd get to do and bought a house. The excitement has worn off to realize that I don't know anything about basic home maintenance. I don't even know where to start. You're asking the wrong guy. Uh, Go to the channel. There's a YouTube channel. Um, I forget what it's called. But it's that dad. It's the dad who grew up without a dad. So he just made a YouTube channel uh just doing stuff where he just teaches you like how to unclog a sink how to just do just generic homemade household tasks yeah and it's just like awesome i think it's like dad teaches or something something like that if you google it it, it'll come up yeah it, it caught a little bit of an internet storm for like a day mm-hmm. so because it's awesome yeah, so there's that's one resource you can go to. That's the one I was thinking of, so I'm glad somebody else thought of it, too. Um, the other thing is make figure out what it is that needs to be done. Because if you just say, oh, I gotta do home maintenance, you will never stop. No, you'll never stop because you're also owning a home for many, many years. But in the immediacy, your list is going to look stupid long. So start with, like, right, what's the, like, regular stuff that's got to happen? Got to mow the lawn. That's a, like, once a month kind of thing. Put that on the monthly list. Uh, this door is squeaky. Put that on the to-do today list. And just figure out those things that are things, like, that need to happen immediately because they're vital. Those things that are just daily chores. And those things that are, like, long-term home renovation projects. James, you're not helping. I'm trying to think. I would just say, like, because I think those are, I mean, I've never had to really take care of a house before. I guess an apartment. I would say. You didn't even do that. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm getting better, all right? I'm in rehabilitation. Um, no, I would say uh, never underestimate the importance not just of interior decorating or inside design, but making it something that's your own. Um, yeah. I would definitely say, like, I walk into a lot of homes, and I love, like, most of the homes I walk into, I very rarely walk into a house, and I'm like, yeah, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> you should, though. You should. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
maybe I should. Yeah, exactly. Make them impress you. Um, no, I, I, but I would say like, it's always nice to see people who are able to combine like a relatively, um, it doesn't always have to be clean, like in the clean sense, but just a relatively well-kept sense of like uh, standard design and, uh, and, and look while still managing to like make it their own, whether that's like places where you put up family photos where other people maybe don't, whether that's like how you light certain parts of your house, like at certain times during the day, like figuring out where the lighting is in and what looks best there, whether it's mm -hmm. like pulling together all this stuff that you've gotten and maybe even just having a room, I don't know, full of old books or movies and making that, you know, really feel like a, like a good space to be in. Like, um, obviously, obviously, you want to make sure that your 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 pipes are running, that the lawn's cut, that you know your, your heat and AC work. Like the 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 purely mechanical technical things truly do matter because that's literally in some ways what's going to keep your house standing. But at the same time, you got to make it a true home. And I think like we're past the point where it's like, well, that's my wife takes care of that. Like no, I think like everybody um, can get involved in that. Um, in, yeah. in some capacity or another so i think that's something that like is um something to kind of focus on and especially take take pride in so yeah yeah um next i question. would also add oh one last rule of thumb if you ever hear running water and you can't figure out where it's coming from don't ignore it yeah, yeah. always track down running water make sure it's coming in through a pipe and staying in a pipe or you else you can figure out where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Never ignore water. No, don't. Seriously, don't. <laughs> yep. Our uh, next question. Do you think it is moral or immoral to bring back a Neanderthal to life and why? With the further details, I don't know if we have the technology yet, but if we do, what do you think about the idea? Do you mean as in clone one into existence, bring back to life? Or are we talking time machine? We're going to go grab a dude that died couple thousand years ago and be like huzzah future i think cloning <laughs> yeah. i think they mean cloning uh i i think immoral i would say. i think immoral i just don't think it's right uh, but because i think it's it, i think it's difficult because yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't say it was immoral to bring back a woolly mammoth so yeah, i think I with the neanderthal we're we're treading it because technically if you want to get into those technicality stuff they're not like what we consider human nowadays correct correct not really no they yeah. were a side branch and you people have neanderthal dna in them but they were they they would be what you would call another species mm -hmm. and so but at the same time, I feel like we might consider them human because of how close they are. And I think that's where the majority of your problems start arising. I think they're too close to human to make it moral, specifically because this is internet knowledge, so it, there's a very good chance it's wrong. But I was reading somewhere that apparently there were actually seven variants when Homo sapiens showed up. Uh, similar to the Neanderthal, and Homo sapien committed mass genocide to ensure it was the one on top. I I think I've heard that as well. Yeah. And knowing our species now, I I would say it's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> we've never so... done genocide since then. What are you talking about? That's crazy. <laughs> we don't. That's crazy, crazy talk. <laughs> we don't want to give the Neanderthals a chance to strike back. No, I was That's thinking that true. too. You don't, because like, what are you gonna do? Like, if you're not gonna like, you're not gonna be like, all right, Mister Neanderthal, like, we're just gonna observe your movements here. Take the this house and these car keys, like, just live regularly. Like, they, they'd probably need to be in some kind of like artificial, no better way to say it, enclosure. And and if they start learning God English, for, yeah, and God forbid we breed more of them, and then you have like the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park meets like Planet of the Apes, and it's like, well, then we're all fucked. Like, there's no. Well, weren't like Neanderthals technically stronger? It's just that what are what, what humans? What are the humans? What is it like? Homo sapiens. Homo sa is that is that the defining? I don't know, but we are Homo uh, sapiens. Yeah. Okay. So back then it was still Homo sapiens. Then. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think so, so weren't Homo sapiens 
Williams just had a better mental capacity. Yep. And yeah, that was agree. like the defining thing, but technically Neanderthals had a better like physical aspect. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They were they were stronger and I think bigger and broader, but Homo yeah. sapiens were just simply they just knew how to work basically in numbers more. I think it, it was it was literally like Homo sapiens, for whatever reason, were just better with like abstract concepts like counting and strategy. So <laughs> yeah, they they were just able to because of those things. If you are able to do that, and like you know, um, the other guy can't. It's like measuring a duck versus a rock in a swimming contest. Like <laughs> one's gonna one's gonna win. Um, no contest. Yeah. So the rock. But, rock i mean the rock's able to stay down underwater exactly (laughs) you're one lucky marine so yeah uh maybe we don't bring back neanderthals huh that seems like a good idea let's not do that yeah leave sleeping dogs lie our next question the closeness and joy of female friendships is often glorified over men's what's some great stuff about guy friendships that isn't talked about (laughs) kirk and spock kirk and spock (laughs) Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I could handle being like, because uh, uh, the thing is, like, with guys, even though guys are usually like pretty emotionally closed off, like it's pretty easy to tell when a guy is like upset or uh, feeling like a, a certain way. Like you can at least feel there's like a disturbance in the force. But like I've had, <laughs> I know just from like talking to women about women and also interacting with women occasionally in my 24 James years. James, I'm like, claiming to be a woman expert. I know, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but, uh, I just know that they have this ability to, like, mask not even just, uh, the sense that they're feeling something, but even just the feeling that they're feeling something. And guys are sometimes, I'm, I'm not very observant or intuitive sometimes, so this is maybe just me speaking, but, like, they're able to just hide that shit. I don't know if I'd be able to. So it's a great thing that you can't hide your emotions? It is, it is kind of nice. I mean, it's. It gets pretty ugly. I, I I don't know. I like guy friendships because, like, um, I don't know. I found that, like, guys are able... Like, the conversation we had, like, 40 minutes ago. Like, I don't know if I could have, like, walked into a say... room with a... I'm not saying they're not capable of it. I'm just saying it's like... it's like I'm just saying that they're lesser people. All right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No. Uh, so no. Known what I'm saying is... James Kukan says, women are lesser people. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> well, I guess, hey, if it was 50 years ago, you would have taken me seriously. <laughs> no. But, point being, um, I do think, like, I don't know, women women talk about, like, shit that's interesting to them, but it's not to me. And guys talk about shit that's interesting to them, but has women are like, that's the stupidest fucking thing ever. And I don't know if I could have gone to... I don't know. I just like guys being able to talk about shit. You can just talk about stuff with guys. You just can't with girls, you know? Yeah. I think we can condense that down to talk about stupid shit. Yeah, but that's not like... What is some great stuff about guy friendships that... I don't know. What do you think? Like, what do you think's like... Beer. What do you guys like? What'd you say? Beer. Yeah, because nobody else has access to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a much more accepted thing. That dudes can just sit around and drink a beer and talk about anything. Or can just, like, almost more casually whiskey. drink beer or whiskey or whatever. Uh, as my, I feel like, like these are all generalizations. It's a generalization, but well, I, at least with, like, the classic dude beers of, like, Bud Light and whatever. I don't... Beer. That's, that's the whole reason, like, Natty Light exists, isn't it? That, like, they were like, hey, we need to sell beer to women. Oh, I know what I'll say. I know what I'll say. This is just building off of what I've what I was talking about. But I, I I think I could say a lot of times in like popular culture, like or even just public discourse, like I don't know. There's a characterization that guys don't have like interesting conversations. There's like the idea that like in the same way that like guys will sometimes generalize, often generalize that like when women get together, all they talk about is like shoes or like sex of the city your boys or some gay shit like that like i think did we just uh, fail the bechdel test with... <laughs> I... <laughs> probably <laughs> did we <laughs> i think uh 
I think with guys, like, there's this generalization that it's like, oh, like, they just talk about, like, getting pussy and fucking, or, like, video games or, like, I don't know, like, shit like that, like, sports or whatever. But I've found that men are, like, really, really capable of some very, like, nuanced and, like, interesting types of conversations that, like, you don't really see represented, uh, illustrated. Yeah, yeah, like, I've had great conversations with you guys that, like, like, blows most of the shit I see in, like, modern media as a representation of, like, male discourse or relationship, like, way out of the water. And I know that's kind of, like, be expected. Calvin, any, uh, anything you want to add in? No, I'm staying out of this one. Fair. Oh, no, he's the smart one. Centrist, centrist. Boo. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a time where I'd like to remind all our listeners of rule number three: we don't listen to James. I repeat, we do this not a... listen to James. I didn't think you agreed uh, with most things that he was saying, though. Shh, no, I didn't. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> listen to me. Wait don't listen to James. Uh, but if you're saying the same thing, no, 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 no. What no, are you supposed different. to do? <laughs> The semantics. Our last question this week. What's something you don't use very often, but have just in case? Oh. Yeah, same. No. I was going to say comments. I embedded it into the end of my glasses, so all you have to do is chomp down, and then you're good. <laughs> on your glasses? <laughs> yeah, on the stem. It's like the part that goes behind oh. your ear, and then you put it oh. in there, and then it's like, oh, I'm just chewing on my glasses, and then, yeah. Yes, my answer was a joke as well. Haha. Uh-huh. Condoms. Oh, we're joking? Uh... <laughs> I mean... Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. Same. <laughs> yeah. For real, though, I... I, It's become, like, I just have some because I... There was a while there where we, like, are just people we were hanging out with and events we were attending and situations were occurring where dangerously close to needing them and not having them. And if we're going to make stupid mistakes, we might as well at least be safe about it. Did you, Did you really not pick up on what he is referring I, to? Oh. I, I'm not referring to anything in particular. Oh. And I'm no? not referring okay. to myself. I want that oh, to be okay. very okay. clear. Not referring to myself. Yeah, Fair no. no. <laughs> Just in case my mother actually listens to this episode. <laughs> no, that's fair. This is fair. Um, I got Oh, think. also, I have a uh, uh, toolkit. Like, just a basic cloth bag of, like, hand tools that I've had since my freshman year of college. I haven't had to use it often, but when I've needed it, it's been nice to have. I would say, um, I, okay, I do use this often, but it is something that I found if I just carry it around. And I know this is kind of a basic thing, but I do find a lot of people don't. Um, it really makes your life easier in certain circumstances. I just carry a pen with me yeah (laughs) um so i can make like a note wherever i want and like if it's happened a few times this is me being neurotic but like if the waitress or waiter forgets a pen like for you to sign your check or whatever you do that or like again just taking notes or being able to just kind of have it at the ready has been nice for me so yeah that's pretty good one that's 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 a really good one uh I don't know. I guess part of my everyday carry is I always carry my uh, Swiss Army knife. It's always good to have. Yeah. Don't often use it, but it's like it's got it's got a little Phillips head screwdriver, paired little scissors. So, I mean, obviously a knife, and that's really the main things you use on them. The little tweezers. So yeah, I feel like it's always good to have. Uh, most people nowadays don't really carry knives, and I feel like. Whenever I need it, it's always I'm really glad I've had I have it. <laughs> See, People get was... weird with knives. Yeah, they do. Because <laughs> they think it's like they're like, oh my god, you were carrying a knife. It's like, okay, listen, if I'm, I'm coming at you with a Swiss Army knife, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be coming at you with like whatever I got anyways. So it's like I could do just as much damage with like a pen. Yeah, you just stab that into through someone's temple and they're just as dead. <laughs> someone's eye you could pull that thing out like an olive <laughs> yeah <laughs> like seriously in a in college my backpack had you know how ba- like some backpacks have like that top pocket where it's like a really small but like it's on the top of the bag yeah. i used to have like a carry kit in there of like a couple cough drops a small travel kleenex a 
phone charging cord, a fidget spinner that was also a, like, multi-dock station for the said charging cord, a set of Dungeons & Dragons dice, a quarter, a notebook, and a pen, and a knife. Holy specifically, shit. Specifically one quarter? One quarter. Like, on purpose, or you just happen to have a quarter? On purpose, because flipping a coin. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You're you're ready to start like a mini civilization with all that shit in that box. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I keep meaning to transfer all that stuff to my because I stopped using the backpack. I now have a messenger bag, and I haven't transferred it over to the messenger bag yet. I keep going like oh, I need to do that. I do have yeah, a set dude. of Dungeons and Dragons dice in the messenger bag still, though. I have a separate one. They're fresh. Still, it's the uh, the dice are in their plastic sealed bag, still in the black pouch. So that the first time I Got need them, weighted. Well, they're not weighted. They're brand new. Crack them open when I need them. I don't know. Factory sealed. But yeah. yeah that's what someone with weighted dice would say. Well, <laughs> don't worry <laughs> about it. Your character Look, didn't die. They're factory right. sealed. They can't possibly be weighted. <laughs> that no one would be tamper. crazy. That would... Says the man who's a son of a magician. Yeah, I'll trust your dice. <sighs> well... If I really wanted to cheat, I wouldn't need weighted dice to do it. Exactly my point. Any last, uh, not very often, but good to have just in cases? No. I'm gonna go with a new aux cord for James's mic, how about that? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's dead. James just put text put in our text chat, God damn it, because his mic died again. But I think that's a good sign to wrap the show. Uh, James, if, oh, he left again, well... Calvin, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, James, for being here. You're welcome. Maybe you can hear me even if you can't say bye. He can't. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. Jim says bye, everybody, in the text box. Um, Problem of Interest is having a live event. Go find them on Facebook, on their Facebook page. They've posted about it. Check it out. Uh, if You're probably not in the area, but if you are, you can see them live if you'd like. Uh literally a day after this drops this episode drops um follow us on facebook better buddies on twitter at better use the hashtag better buddies when you tweet about the show uh maybe we'll start shouting into the void again we haven't done that in a long while no i thought i was free uh, you're never free uh or you can email us better at gmail.com uh you can send us fan art hate art fan mail hate mail declarations of love and or war icebreakers you want us to talk about advice questions you need advice on or if you want us to like collaborate with another podcast tell us which one so that i can email them uh it won't happen because nobody knows who we are and uh, it's highly unlikely that you'll pick a podcast we can actually talk to but we'll try uh we're nearly at 1000 total downloads across the show so you know that's we're still kind of keeping that average of about 10 downloads per episode. That's honestly pretty good. Uh, last but not least, be a better buddy. With a better ox cord. Hello. Hi. I swear to God, it dies. Oh. I'm going to be upset. You should be upset because you are bad at keeping electronics alive. I know, Especially dude. ones that require it's, uh, no maintenance. It's the it's the input cable. That's what does it. The input cable that actually like hooks into the back of the microphone has this oh. tendency to like slip out, which is why like sometimes I'll just go like dead and I'll have to like rejoin. But yeah, why don't you just like duct tape it in place? I honestly thought about doing that, but then I was worried about like fucking it up somehow. How do you mess up duct tape? No, it's I was James, worried. Don't question it. I was worried having it like that would like uh I don't know, like I eventually I'd do something where I'd like drop it because of the duct tape instead of the cord falling out, like one of the pins would snap or something like that. So uh I just keep it as it is. Well, let's uh let's get this show on the road then.